0: The Greek word for God um, is theos. Of course, theos or theo is a word that's used not only for the true God, but also false gods. But what separates the term Theo in the Greek uh, from the true God versus the false gods is that one definition of God is the supreme being. And so that's the distinction when you look at the word Theo how when you speak in reference to God you speak Of him as being the supreme being. Literally, supreme means the uppermost. It speaks about God being highest in rank, authority, and position. Well, if he is the uppermost, it says about him that he is sovereign over all. <laughs> it says that he is in control of everything. And of course we have scripture to verify that because Psalm 24 and 1 says the earth is the Lord's and his fullness, the world and all those that dwell therein. God is sovereign over everything and everybody. Solomon went so far as to say, even the cattle that sits upon a thousand hills belongs to God. God is so in control of people or souls to where he he has deemed the soul that sins shall die. Shall perish. God is undoubtedly the supreme one. He is supreme also in that he is omniscient. He knows everything. Nothing hid from God. Even when, when, when we try to cover it, he knows about it. There is nothing God does not know. God is omnipotent. Even when chaotic things happen, don't think that God has lost any power. God allows certain things to take place because of how he created humans as well as the universe. He does not interfere when it comes to certain things, but that does not negate him having all power. He is the omnipotent one. I tell you, folk God can do anything save fail. And some of us believe that. You know God got power. It, it took power to bring us out of what we were wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in. Did it take power to bring you out? It takes it took power and God is omnipotent. The one thing I want you to especially receive um, in reference to God is that he is a giver. I said he is a giver. Consider what James 1 and 17 states. Turn that with me. I want to read it. I know I quoted a lot and you probably quoted as well, but let's read it this morning. James, the first chapter. And uh the 17th verse, James said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And I'm just going to stop right there because, again, it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. The first clause identifies the type gifts God gives. Good. Beneficial. Beneficial. Something that's going to help you. If God gives you a gift, it's going to be something that's going to help you. Now, you may not like the way the gift helps you, but it's going to help you. If he gives you a, a gift of knowledge coming from a person. The words of knowledge that the person may give you may cut your heart. But it's intended to help you. And if you receive it, it will help you. Because God gives good or beneficial gifts. But notice he also gives perfect gifts. Not saying that, 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 uh, he's going to give you something in the sense of it being flawless, which God will give you a flawless gift. But in, in the sense that it's used in the verse, the Greek word teleos, it means that he is going to give you something that's going to complete you uh, basically something that's just right for you. God will give you a gift that's just right for you. And, and sometimes a, a good fit for us may be something we don't want. God will say, this is what you need. And you be, I, I don't want that, but it's what you need. You may not want it, but it's what you need. He's going to give you a gift that's just right for you. You, you come to church and, and you've been asking God about this, that, and the other. And then God give you a rainbow. <laughs> Something just right for you. God will give you a rainbow telling you that you need to lay this aside you don't, you don't like the rhema that he's getting you, but it know it fit your situation is is perfect for your situation. God gives good and perfect gifts. That's what he gives. And, and, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that he gives gifts that help me. You hear me? And, and you have to understand also that God does not give certain gifts that we try to act as if those particular gifts come from him. And here in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, uh, the author is clear. God is not going to give you a spirit of fear. No, that, that ain't God. You terrified about how you're gonna take care of this, that, and the other. That, that, that's not God. God has already spoke that if you do the right thing, He's gonna supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. Well, when did He say? When did He say He was gonna take care of my needs? pastor if I just do the right thing well Matthew 6 and 33 he said to his disciples seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the things that you need will be added to you the word added in that verse means that he's going to cause something to be repeated again and again and again he may not give you Everything up front to take care of everything for the rest of your life, but he is going to be repetitive when you have a need he's going to make sure that need is met then down the road, another need comes up he's going to make sure that need is met that's how he asks and he is repetitive in what he he does because he cares for his children and because he loves you he's not going to give you a spirit of fear he's not going to give you something that will keep you up when you should be sleeping he's not going to give you something that's going to make you miserable when it's his wish for you to be happy I said when it's his wish for you to be happy He's not going to give you something that's going to destroy your life when he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I don't know why God doing this. He ain't doing that to you. He ain't destroying your life. He came that you might have life. That's the reason Jesus himself said in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I... you might have life then that you might have it more abundantly. It, it's amazing when, when tragedy happens in the world, the first thing they want to do is, is blame God. One minute they're ignoring God, saying He doesn't exist, but then when something happens, they want to blame it on God. But God didn't come to destroy He came that we might have life. And that we might have it more abundantly. And some of us know that's what he came to do. Because we are living the God kind of life. Say to your neighbor, I'm living Zoe. The God kind of life. Ooh, Look at somebody else and tell them, I'm living Zoe. The God kind of life. When I wake up in the morning, he on my mind. When I eat. Lunch, he's on my mind. When I lay down at night, he's on my mind. And he's taking care of me from sunup to sundown. I'm living the Zoe-type life. mean you're not going to go through trials and tribulations you are going to have trouble sometimes you're going to have trouble on every hand but that does not negate the fact that god came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly and even though you go through trials tribulation and such god still gonna drop some abundance into your lap why is that? Because he came that you might have life and that more abundantly. You believe that? I find somebody say, "God came that I might live a little." Woo! He came that I might have life. He does not give you the spirit of fear, and you don't have to accept. The spirit of fear. You're a free mall agent. You have a right to say no to the spirit of fear. God has given us so much power to where James revealed that when we submit ourselves to God and, and resist enemies, the enemies will flee. Say to your neighbor, you got more power than you think. Especially a child of God. Ooh, you better tell one more person you got more power than you think you have. You ain't got to put up with fear. You ain't got to be depressed day in and day out. You ain't got to shut the blinds because some spirit is telling you ain't nothing gonna work out for you you better stand up with your sanctified self and boldly tell the enemy I am going to have life I am going to see my needs being met because God promised me all things work together for the good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose somebody get happy up in here your neighbor it's gonna work out for me. Woo! It's gonna work out for me. Oh, I don't even need a band to dance about that. It's gonna work out for me. Woo, even though I'm going through trials, I'm gonna go ahead and just get my victory turn in right now because it's gonna work out for me. It's a choice. And, and, and sometimes you have to fight evil spirits because because when it comes to resisting it it means that you you're going to have to you're going to have to fight them because you have some spirits that are keep trying and and trying and trying to get to your mind keep trying and trying and mess up your emotions but you have to remember when you're battling that God has given you Say to your neighbor, God done gave you what you need to put enemies up under your feet. God done gave you what you need to cause enemies to get out of your house, get out of your heart, get out of your choices. But you have to recognize what God has given you. And that's what Paul wanted wanted Timothy and the church to know. God ain't gave you the spirit of fear, and I'm I'm gonna tell you something. Sometime the spirit of fear gonna come, spirit of fear, spirit of depression, and all of this stuff gonna come, and and you gonna have to resist. You gonna have to fight because these spirits don't. Don't come They come to torment you in some manner or another. Man, a spirit of depression hit me not long ago and, and this thing wouldn't loose. Started shaking it off my mind, but, but it kept coming back again. Seemed like in one instance, this, this spirit was, was straight punching me, but then it came with an upper cup. But I had to let that spirit of depression know, look, you, you running into a fighter. You're running into somebody that put on the arm of God. you running into somebody that believes the word of God. You're running into somebody that knows about the power of prayer. You're running into somebody that understands the scripture. That if I resist you and submit to God, you got to say to your neighbor, You don't back down from these spirits. You fight these enemies. You fight these demons. I don't care if they show up every morning for two or three weeks. You be ready to fight every time they show up letting them know God done gave you exactly what you need. And see Paul wanted Timothy and the church to know Because though he does not give us a spirit of fear, he does give us power. Power. He gives you the capacity to deal with enemies, struggles, and such. That's what you need power for. Because cause, cause enemies are going to attack you. They're especially going to attack your mind. They, they will attack your money. They will attack your resources. They will even attack tangible things that you have. When the enemy started attacking Job, not, not only did he mess with his family, he even messed with his sheep. And his cattle. The enemy will attack you in various ways, but you have to know, child of God, that God has given you power. He has given you power. He has given you the capacity to be able to deal with struggles, circumstances, Spirits, enemies, and say, you have the power. Don't you ever think, speak, or act like a wimp. Don't you go back to doing what you did as a sinner. God has given you power. Don't you ever rely on your own strength when God has equipped you with divine dudamus. Dudamus primarily means a miracle. Bottom line, God has given you power to create miracles. Things that seem like Naturally speaking, they're not going to change. God has given you power to change what may not change for normal folk or sinners. Say to your neighbor, you're special. That's the reason he gave you dudamus. You are a child of God. You are redeemed. You are kin to the Most High God. And that's the reason he gave you something special. Don't think you have to deal with stuff the same way your unsaved cousin deal with stuff. Well, my cousin, he did such and such. Well, That's your cousin, but your cousin is not sane. God has given you power But you have to use the power that he has given you based upon his word. When I go through it financially, or when I did go through it financially, you know what I use? The power of giving. Because the word says, give. And it shall be given. Now, a sinner is not going to do that because a sinner does not recognize the power of giving. But as a child of God, you should recognize the power of giving. So every time you get in a a tight in reference to money, it should trigger something in your mind that I need to give my way out of this situation. Does that work? Yeah. Luke 6 and 38. Give and it shall be given how? Good measure. Press down. Shaken and running. He didn't give me fear, but he gave me power. Then then he says, and Love. Love. When it comes to love in reference to a child of God, you have to have affection for everybody. And say to your neighbor, that takes something. That's the reason God had to give you the capacity to love folk who not only turn against you, but turn against themselves is some folks hate on you because they don't love themselves. And if they don't love themselves, they sure ain't going to take time to love you. And, and the way you can break through and get them not only to love you, but to love themselves is by showing them love. The world was messed up. How did God get to them? For God so love the world that he gave his only begotten son. When folk get to hate on you, when folk do you wrong, you have to show love. Love is so powerful to where the scripture tells us love covers a multitude of sins. The reason love is so powerful is because love is God. And if love is God, that means love is omnipotent. Love is omniscient. Love is sovereign. But don't get it twisted thinking that love is just affection or benevolence because love works through obedience. Jesus told his disciples, if you truly love me, you will do what I tell you to do. You will keep my commandments if you love me. And so when, when you talk about love in, in the sense that he's using it and love as a divine gift, you have to recognize that God has given you the capacity to even love folk even when your flesh do not, does not want to love them. Say to your neighbor, you ever been kind to somebody (laughs) that your flesh didn't want you to be kind to? Now some folks can do that and they're hypocritical. But when you are a child of God, you have to recognize you have the capacity to love that person even though your flesh does not want you to be affectionate, does not want you to be a blessing to them simply because God has put it down on the inside of you. God say, you're going to win them by giving to them. But Lord, they already owe me. But give them something anyway. What? Love. L-O-V-E. Say to your neighbor, I know I got love. I know I got the God kind of love. And some of you know you got the God kind of love. Because you would have been uncursed out some folk. The way your husband do, you would have been and went off on him if you didn't have the God kind of love. Wall, say to your dad, I know I have the God kind of love. Because, because you have amazed yourself. But the thing I really want to talk about is the last divine gift. A sound mind. Sound. The mental capacity to be able to deal with spiritual attacks, people, and circumstances that often plague your mind. God will allow things to attack our mind. (laughs) Yeah. Because he knows he has given us the ability to handle those things because he has given us a sound mind. You don't have to crack under pressure. Why? He done given you a sound mind. You, you you don't have to say, I tried to hold my peace. You don't, you don't have to try to hold. Your, you can hold your peace. You, you don't have to say everything that's in your mind. Why? Because God has given you a sound mind. You don't have to throw up your hands and say, I can't take it no more yet. No, no. God has given you a sound mind. That should never be the case with a child of God. Get this, that that understands that God has given him or her a sound mind. But I got to deal with this a little bit. In that when it comes to a sound mind. And it comes to a sound mind being a gift from God. You have to understand that God being your father will give you such a gift but he expects you to be responsible with this gift. Let me go at it another way to make it a little more plain. I'll never forget when I gave... Greta, a car. When and bought her this little this little Honda, but when I gave her the keys, it was with instructions. I'm giving you this car, but this is what I'm expecting. And, and see, it's the same way with God. He He gives you the gift of a sound mind, but He said, "This is how I expect you to use your mind." Now I'm gonna give you a sound mind, but 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 don't act st- as if I didn't give you a sound mind by doing stupid. I'm giving you a sound mind, but, but don't go out and make crazy decisions as if I have not given you a sound mind. I need to go back to gravel. You're going to see other folks speeding on the highway. I don't want you to get no heavy foot. And think you can ride with them. You ain't been on the expressway so time you you go to Douglasville, get in the last lane and you stay in that lane. Until you get to Douglasville. You may feel tempted to get in the middle lane. Or you may feel tempted to get in what I call the fast. Like, don't you do that. You stay in the last lane. And if the speed limit is 70, you go 60 or 65. And see, God will give you something, but it's going to be with instructions. It's going to be with instructions because he does not want us acting irresponsible. And and it's amazing. God has given us a sound mind, but we act as if we don't have sense sometimes. I done lost my amen. Lord, have mercy. Say to your neighbor, it's a gift. But you have to be responsible when it comes to your thinking. See, see when you come to church on Sunday, God is, is trying to help you with your sound mind. Giving you certain instructions that should be embedded not only in your spirit, but in your mind. So when you are faced with, with things that come to you from life experiences, you won't make a bad choice because God has given you a sound. But you have to remember, cause, cause see, some folks don't appreciate gifts. I said, some folks don't appreciate gifts. Some folks, you you can give them something nice, and a month or two later, you like. Now I know I gave. him that not long ago, but that looked like he done had it two years. He didn't take care of it. And and some folks say stuff like, well, when you give folks something, you should just let it go. And that may be true with certain things. That may be true when in certain relationships. But we are talking about a God, a father, that's giving his child, a children, something. I'm not, I I didn't just give Greta a car and say, you do what you want. No, 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 no. I wouldn't be a good father doing that. And God would not be a good father giving you a sound mind. But not telling you exactly what it's going to take in order to use it properly see you don't come to church just to hear me and say amen and he, he did so good or I didn't like what he said no 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 you come to get instructions that not only move you mentally but because God has created our mind As a place where we can store certain things. You store in your mind certain teachings. So that when you're faced with situations. You can call to your remembrance. What you have been taught. In order to deal with that particular thing. But don't act like you don't have no sound mind. By constantly doing stupid stuff. I'm finna close this, but I gotta say this. It amazes me sometimes uh, certain decisions that saints make. And I wonder what, well, did they not heal the teacher? Can I go further? It's amazing certain things that saints will store in their head. Now, God ain't giving you a sound mind, but instead of storing, storing his stuff in your mind, you, you store things in your mind. You don't have to keep in your mind that she hurt you. You're still mad at her. Now, that, that may stay there for a while, but 10 years? When you can recall certain things to your mind that you should have let go years ago, that's saying that you're not using your sound mind in the manner you need to. When you use certain principles that you use as a sinner to deal with problems that God has specifically gave you instructions as a Christian how to deal with it, but you choose to deal with the way you dealt with them as a sinner, you're not using your sound mind properly. I'm making sense. Say to your neighbor, you got you have to use your sound mind. mind. According to the scripture. scripture. Amen? Amen? Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org until next time remember Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly